Welcome to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. I'm Kevin Prang. This program is a presentation of Metropolitan Congregations United. MCU is a community organization that brings together religious congregations, community groups, and individuals to work for a common purpose, to create a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region. We work at the intersection of race, economy, political power, gender, and the structures of oppression at work within us individually, within our organization, and within the community. We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today's program is part of a series we're calling We Are MCU. It's just a chance to get to know the organizers, leaders, and sustainers of MCU and learn about what motivates us to do the work. Today, my guest is Alan Harris-Dahl, a member with MCU's Legislative Task Force. Welcome, Alan, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Great. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from the St. Louis region? Where did you grow up? Sure. Uh, I, I'm not from St. Louis originally. I grew up in Phoenix City, Alabama. I lived there until it was time to go to college, and that was what brought me to St. Louis. And I decided I liked it here more than I liked it back there. So I, I stuck around. Um, I've been here about 20 years now, uh, including some summers when I went back home. But uh, yeah, I, I have lived in lots of places around St. Louis, uh, some in the city, some in the county. And so I've gotten to know a lot of the, the neighborhoods and, and parts of the, the region. Uh, and yeah, just it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic place in a lot of ways. And so I'm, I'm glad to be here. I've worked in lots of different um, industries, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, so I did a lot of retail stuff. I worked for Starbucks for a while, um, worked for uh, a credit union in town, and um, then decided that I wanted to try to get into computer programming. So I've been doing that for a few years. Um, I also worked uh, in some churches for a while, mostly part-time. A lot of that was uh, choir directing, uh, but some of it was was other ministry opportunities too, um, depending on what came up and what seemed to fit. Um, but then decided that that church work probably wasn't where I, I was going to end up long-term. And um, turns out <laughs> programming is a lot of fun too. Okay, great. So wh- what was the city you said you grew up in again? Uh, it's, it's called Phoenix City. Uh, there's no O in Phoenix, oddly enough. It's P-H-E-N-I-X. Uh, it's on the Georgia border right next to Columbus, Georgia, um, pretty close to Auburn. A lot of people know Auburn because their football team is sometimes pretty good. Um, so yeah, was a was an Auburn fan growing up too. And uh, yeah, it's, it's on the, the eastern side of, of Alabama. Okay. I was not familiar with that town. So thank you for that. Sure. So um, tell us, how did you learn about MCU and, and why did you decide to actively participate and, and why MCU? Because there's a lot of different places you could plug in out there. Yeah, there certainly are. Um, so I've known about MCU for probably about a decade now. Um, I, I don't actually remember how I first learned of MCU. Um, it was probably connected with uh, the the effort to cap the rates on payday loans and to raise the minimum wage that were happening around that time about 10 years ago. And then my first time really getting involved was about six and a half years ago when 
MCU did a series of sacred conversations on race throughout different congregations here. Uh, my congregation, St. Louis Mennonite Fellowship, participated. Uh, and so I went through it with them. And I was also a facilitator for another congregation here in town and uh, really enjoyed that process of, of unpacking my own uh, racism and my own uh, assumptions about race and how I made some decisions and how that affected my faith. Um, faith's always been really important to me. And so MCU was a, a good place to, to explore that um, both in the conversations back a few years ago. And, and then as I was looking for a place to plug in after the 2020 election, um, I really wanted to, to keep the momentum going um, that I had found working on the No On 3 campaign. But since that issue was over, I needed a new outlet. And partisan stuff has its place. And, and I participate in some partisan things. But there's also something about nonpartisan issues and faith-based work that still connects with who I am. And so I really was looking for a place to plug in and was talking with my wife about, you know, where, where should I go? What, what should I do? And she looked at me and said, you've done stuff with MCU before. How about them? And I smacked myself in the head and said, Duh, thank you. Yes, that is actually a great idea. Um, I saw something on Twitter about getting connected with MCU. And so uh, responded to that and uh, yeah, ended up talking with Latricia Gandy, one of the organizers on staff. And when she mentioned the legislative task force, I realized, yeah, that, that is a great fit. I I'm interested in politics. I want to learn more about the state legislature and how it operates. And I want to see us do more in Missouri that helps real people rather than politicians or lobbyists or people who already have plenty of money and plenty of power. I'd like to see that evened out more. I, I want to see people have more influence in the things that impact their life. And so this seemed like a really good fit. Okay, great. So you, you mentioned that your first contact, your first activity with MCU was going through this, this, um, um, I guess, uh, process and seminar uh, on racism. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And, and you, you had mentioned that you had experienced some changes or changes in attitude or uh, tell me a little bit more about that. One of the things that really opened my mind was thinking about the differences between racism and prejudice and how we all experience prejudice in lots of different ways but there's an element of power that we often ignore when we keep our analysis on the level of, of individual activity and how this affects me or how I'm acting. Um, and when we, when we think about racism and the way that it affects so much of American society and so much of St. Louis at large, we we need to really pay attention to the sort of invisible structures that keep racism going. We need, and, and I didn't really think about that until I was participating in the sacred conversations with MCU. Um, it, it didn't, didn't really hit home for me in, in 
those same ways until, you know, we were talking through things and realizing, oh, there's, there's not, you know, the, the Del Mar divide didn't just happen. The, the, the wealth disparity, the economic, the income disparity, the, uh, uh, criminal justice disparity, the incarceration rate disparity didn't just happen. It's not just individual behaviors that contributed to it. There are assumptions and stories that we've learned along the way to tell ourselves, and, and those have worked their way into us in ways that affect life for everybody. And from my place as a straight white Protestant man with a good education, it would be easy for me to go through life and ignore the fact that those stories and those issues and those problems are real because I could hide from it and exploring this more with people from my congregation was a a place where I could I could, I could learn that, yeah, I need to pay attention to this. And there are people who can help me unpack some of this. And there are people that, um, you know, can, can hold me accountable and challenge me, but who I've already connected with in other areas. And so I can, I can feel safe in a really difficult conversation, um, to, to explore some of these things that have, have an impact on my neighbors. Okay. Talk a little bit more about how, how your faith informs your participation with MCU. Where, where did that come from in your life that, that guided you towards choosing MCU to participate with instead of, like you said, it may be a partisan organization or something along those lines. Like I said, faith's always been really important to me and, and, doing more than just studying scripture or, or praying inside a church or with a congregation that way, but, but seeing faith with, with arms and legs, you know, there's a phrase praying with our feet that I've, I've really come to appreciate over the last few years. Um, But even as a kid, you know, there was, there was, you know, the Michael W. Smith song that came out when I was in high school about living the life and, and doing more than just talking Christian talk, but, but living in a way that the world is benefited from your participation as someone who follows Jesus. Does this, this Jesus thing that we believe in make for a better world? And, and I think that it ought to. And I think that if that there, there are some who would say, you know, we, we, we do what we do in, in our smaller contexts or in our private contexts or in our sacred contexts. And we hope that that somehow connects to the, the secular contexts that we live in, but it's not a primary focus for some people. And, and I just, I can't, I can't go with that the way that, that other Christians do. Um, I, I really, if, if my, if my being a Christian does not improve the life of my neighbor, then I'm forsaking the, the greatest commandments to love God and love my neighbor. 
and to see their life become better. And in, in that as well is a commitment to a, 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 a democracy-based understanding of we're all in this together. And if our government is of the people, by the people, and for the people, and I am a person who believes that Jesus shows us how to live and is the, the bridge between humanity and God and is the, the focal point of the reconciliation work that God is doing among all of us and with creation and with God themselves and, and with but and the reconciliation between us and ourselves, you know, that internal reconciliation too. Um, if, if I believe in that, then I need to be at work trying to put that out into the world and, and live that example in a way that, that helps to create that reality. I think God cares about how God's creation is impacted by what we do. And that creation is not just the environment, although we could stand to do a lot better by the environment, but it's also the relationships between friends and the relationships between people who live in the same neighborhood and the relationships between people in Maryland Heights, where I live, you know, how do we work together to make this a better place for all of us and to increase the power that we have and, and how do we come together in ways that, that help the world to shine with more love and with more grace and with more dignity and with more goodness. Okay. So what's up to this point in your activities with MCU, what's been sort of your most memorable action or activity that you've participated in? What happened and why does that stick out for you? One that happened um, this year was the uh, the leadership training that I was able to go through. Um, so MCU is uh uh, partners with an organization called the, the Gamaliel Network, and they do leadership training for some of those those partner organizations that, that MCU happens to, to be. And so I went through a, a week-long training with them, and kind of like the, the Sacred Conversations on Race, this, this week-long training was a chance for me to explore some of the the parts of me that I'm not always very good at at exploring and I learned a lot about myself and how I operate and how I hold back sometimes when I need to step forward and how I step forward sometimes when I need to hold back um, the there was a moment where I realized that I was gung-ho thinking about you know, one particular um, direction and everybody else in my group was thinking about something else. And I jumped in, in a conversation and kind of derailed things and, you know, had to, had to reflect on that afterwards and realize, man, I really screwed the pooch there. (laughs) And I thought I was right. And, and it helped me to, to just remember to check in with other people to, to see how things are, uh, for all of us. Um, 
but it was it was a really a really powerful week where I was able to focus in on even more why I'm involved in this work. Um, you know, while while a few years ago it was a conversation on race that brought me in, I realized that that race is not a central issue for how I approach the work. It's it's an important issue and it really matters. But it's not the thing that motivates me the most. What motivates me the most is how do we see and create a world where everyone gets to participate in governing themselves? How can we take the power away from the, the smoky dark rooms that often most of us don't get access to where decisions are made how can we start to bring those decisions out into the light and start to be part of that decision-making process? And I, I you know, the, the decisions I want to make and the decisions that I want my communities to make, you know, are for more racial equity, are for better economic balance across different, different stratas, but getting clear about what it is it really matters to me was, was was one of the most memorable parts of that week. Uh, it's 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 a, a place where I'm still wrestling and I'm still growing. Um, but that was that was fantastic. And then the the other event that stands out is putting together a, a legislative wrap up session uh, that looked at the 2021 state legislature and and what happened. Uh, it was a good chance to to look at some of the the good things that happened. I, I'm I often find myself really frustrated with what happens in Jeff City because I don't think that the people who are making decisions there do a great job of of listening to their constituents, and and so it can be really frustrating. But in looking back at what was passed and how things did go, you know, there were there were some wins. We we finally got to see raise the age funded so that it could be implemented. We got to see some criminal justice reform come through that was really needed. I, I'd love to be excited about the uh, the cybersecurity commission that was created. Of course, we, we know that that, that hasn't uh, been implemented yet, and we've seen some of the the trouble that that's caused um, with the the uh, the data breach that was allowed to happen on the the Desi website. Um, but you know there were there were some real wins out of this year, along with some things that I, I wish had not happened. Um, but but I really enjoyed being able to take a look at the session and talk through it with some of the other task force members, and then present our our thoughts to the the folks who were there and get some feedback from them and help us plan for what we're going to do next year. So you you obviously like get uh, getting into the political side of things and 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 digging into what's going on in Jefferson City, but politics comes with that negative connotation. Why is it important for us, especially people of faith, to be political politically active? When we hear that in churches, a lot of people keep uh, public policy at arm's length. We shouldn't get involved. So what what would be your response to that? We have to be really clear about what we mean when we say politics. 
if we're talking Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green, those partisan questions, that's not the place for that. Churches should not be talking about vote Republican, vote Democrat, vote, you know, a particular party line, pick this candidate, don't pick that candidate. That's not the place for it. But if we think about politics as as how one organizes a community, you know, I in the, the Greek that I took in college, I learned that polis is the word for city. And so really, when we talk about politics, we talk about how do we structure our city? How do we structure our community? How do we structure our neighborhood? And so if you take people of faith and goodwill out of those conversations, then you just leave it to the jerks. I don't think we should leave politics to the jerks. I think there's too many jerks in politics as it is. Let's get some good people involved. I, I, if, if I am a good people, then I want to be involved. And if others are think of themselves as good people, come join us and let's make this better. Politics doesn't have to be just terrible. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be ideal because you are still going to have some jerks involved. But man, let's, I would love it if more good folks who wanted to see good things happen, who wanted to see a government who takes care of people who need it and offers opportunities for people who will, will grab those opportunities and make the world better for all of us. I would love for politics to be that. And I think that having people from churches as part of that work, you know, we, we would, we would miss out if some folks from churches who are hanging back didn't join us, we would, we would really benefit from having a lot of people involved. And it, it can be a struggle because when you get involved in political processes, even if it's not partisan, there's still a lot of compromise. There's a lot of negotiation and you can feel like you're, you're not, you can feel like your, your moral purity is somehow diminished. That, that was one of the, the struggles I had to get over uh, when I got involved in, in the, the campaign work that I did um, for the, the no on three uh, ballot item in 2020. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a partisan issue. There were people from both Republican and Democratic parties who were excited about it. There were people on both sides who didn't like it, um, you know, and, and it was something that I thought was really important. Um, and so I could jump in and get involved. Um, I, I think there are lots of ways that people can can do that. And if folks are struggling, I, I'd love to be able to help them do that you know if let's let's find a place where you can plug in to to the power structures and making the world better and and you can't do that just from the sidelines go back to you you talked a little bit about week-long training um leadership training and you you talked about uh sort of it it being uh eye-opening for you and revealing some things about yourself and it sounds like it was very challenging can you talk about the value of being vulnerable in this work and in MCU and how that actually strengthens us as a group. 
when I talk about things that are important to me, I have a tendency to come across like a know-it-all, like I have everything figured out. And that's because I want to appear like I'm smart and I have things figured out and I want people to listen to me. And so I try to say things in ways that will connect, but that are powerful and, and come across as, you know, this guy, he's not just shooting off the cuff. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. And man, that gets me in trouble sometimes because I come across like a know-it-all and, you know, without, without, a community where I can be vulnerable and where people can come back to me and say, you know, I hear what you're saying. You're passionate. You really care. What about this perspective or man, you're really turning me off with this. Um, I need to hear things like that. And I, I can't do it if I'm not engaged with people. You know, I'm, I, I don't, I try to do it myself, but I just don't do it well enough for myself vulnerability is is one of those things that gives us a chance to learn you know it's it's like people say you know you you learn more from a loss than you do from a win um i think vulnerability works that way if if you open yourself up to some criticism or to some some uh, uh some perspective that you've not considered it it really helps to to deepen your access to truth and to goodness and to justice because we're never going to get it all by ourselves. We're never going to figure everything out. We always need other people involved, but people aren't going to, going to try to connect with you over important issues. If they think you're just a know-it-all who doesn't, who just has walls built up and who is never a real person. Real people are vulnerable. There's so much out there that could hurt us. And there are times that we should protect ourselves for sure. But for somebody like me, in my case, I probably am too protective of myself. And so those moments where I can be vulnerable and where people who are smart and kind and insightful can push back and say, you know, I really think that you should consider this, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is, um, is just really, really helpful for my weaknesses to be made strong. It is easy to get overwhelmed, uh, whether it's the internal work or whether it's issues in front of uh, Jefferson City that pass or don't pass. So what keeps you hopeful and what motivates you? The thing that gives me hope is knowing that what I'm signing up for here has to be a long-term process. I say it that way because for, for all the, the junk that, that goes on, you know, and the, the, the stuff that really upsets me over the last five to 10 years in, in politics, whether that's local, state, federal, whatever, um, that junk all has history going back decades, sometimes even centuries. So we didn't get here quickly and we're not going to see instant change overnight. I can't let myself get bogged down by moments, by instances, but to see 
a group of people working together month in, month out, trying to figure out who do we know who can make a difference here? Who could we call to talk to a person who has decision-making power over this issue? Who's affected by this law that we may not have thought about before or who we need, you know, even if we've thought about them, we know them and they need to be a voice on this particular issue because they know it better than I ever will because they've lived that particular issue in a much more vibrant way or a a much more focused way than I ever have or will. It's, it's, it really comes down to the work is important. The work is long and the work is done with a lot of people. If it were anything other than that, it would be hard to keep at it, but there's good people involved in this work and you know, we're, we're getting organized. We're figuring each other out. We're learning about ourselves and about what matters to us. And we're figuring out how we can come together to make ourselves stronger. And I think that that in itself is such an important uh, opportunity for all of us to find something that matters to us and to work, to find ways for that thing that matters to us to make the world better. Okay, great. That seems like a good place for us to wrap things up. We are running out of time at this point, but Alan, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, our guest today is Alan Harristall, a leader with MCU's Legislative Task Force. If you're ready to join us in this work and, and work alongside of Alan and others, uh, please contact us at 314-367-3484 or email our office at office at mcustl.com. And you can learn more about us and contribute to Metropolitan Congregations United at our website at mcustlewis.org. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. I'm Kevin Prang, and you have been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening. Thank you.